0: This episode is sponsored by everylibrary.org. I have recently uh, reacquainted myself with my local library. I'm loving just taking advantage of all of the books and the expertise and just the magic of having so many books at your fingertips again. So this is perfect timing. Everylibrary.org works to make our communities aware of the fact that there are organizations that are trying to defund and get rid of libraries across the United States. They work for awareness, they provide petitions and other ways that people can sign up to support their local libraries and to make a contribution to help us fight to keep libraries in our communities. To get more information, to sign a petition, or to see what's going on in your local library community, visit action.everylibrary.org. Thanks again to Every Library for sponsoring. And again, that's action.everylibrary.org.
1: You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 64, and today we are talking about books released on July 26th, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well redhead Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com.
0: Hello, hello.
1: Hello there. Welcome How... from the heat wave. Oh
0: my gosh. Yes, it's just constant heat yeah. waves here. Gross. Um, I know it's so gross but the upside is that it's good weather for staying indoors and reading a book um, which is the thing that I've been doing a lot of lately and I understand that you spent your weekend attempting to do so for the 24 in 48 readathon.
1: I did it was amazing there were so many participants this time. Um, I think I might be mistaken but I think it like doubled. Oh wow. The number of people that did it and it was so much fun to see all the delightful uh, book lovers just like talking about what they were reading and they yeah. can't talk they're doing challenges <laughs> and it's just so great.
0: Yeah, there were giveaways. It looked like there was just all sorts of stuff going on. And if you're listening and you don't know what 24 and 48 is, it's where you take a weekend, 48 hours, and you attempt to read for 24 of those 48 hours, along with, like, hundreds of other book nerds. Hundreds, that's right? Way in the hundreds. That's so cool. Um, did you sleep this weekend? Not that much, no. Not so much? Uh, you, who needs sleep when no. there's books to be read? Yeah.
1: I had the I I was doing the read shift on Litzy, so... Ah. I had to be awake to talk to the people.
0: <laughs> Gotta poke the technology, mm-hmm. talk about the books. That's right. That's what that's just what it says on our business card. <laughs> Basically, that's my job description. <laughs> it's not a bad one. Uh, we got a group like a really good list of new releases this week. I'm I'm still like riding that wave of great summer stuff. But you wanna kick us off? I will do that. Uh,
1: this is one of the best books I've read this year. It's called The Unseen World by Liz Moore. She wrote a book a few years ago called Heft. Did you happen to read Heft? Mm -hmm. Oh, Yeah, I didn't recognize her name, but yes. She's a brilliant genius, and she's done it again with The Unseen World. Um, It takes place in Boston in the 1980s. It's about a young girl named Ada. She has been raised her whole life by her dad. Um, He is a scientist at a lab. Um, He is off the charts brilliant, but... Like a lot of geniuses, sort of socially inept. Just a little strange and out of touch with the rest of the world. But just a genius when it comes to his work. And he is trying to create a machine that can interact like a human. Oh. Um, so Ada is raised by her dad. She's homeschooled. Like, her only, like, interaction with humans is basically when she goes to the lab. Like, she talks to him and she talks to the people that he works with. Um. And she kind of wishes that she had a normal life, like... Other kids that she reads about and sees, um, like going to school, but you know she she's also herself a genius. And as she gets older, um, it's it's showing that you know she's going to be following in his footsteps in the brains department. Um, she's also following in his footsteps in the awkwardness department. Um, but around the time she's, I think, fourteen, his mind starts to go. Um, David begins uh, his mind begins slipping, and they diagnose him with early onset Alzheimer's. And so Ada is kind of left to fend for herself. And he tells her that she may learn some things about him that she didn't know. And he gives her some clues as to what those things could be that she has to solve. And so now she's left, like, sort of, you know, she's sort of orphaned. Um, she's taken in by one of his colleagues. And she, as she is consumed with learning more about her father and and solving these clues and learning about his past... Um, she has to adjust to what she always considered a normal life. Like she has to go to an actual school with, and she doesn't know how to interact with the other kids, and it's all very frustrating and scary to her. Um, and meanwhile, she's still like going on and on trying to discover what it is that you know her father was keeping from her. Um, Moore just creates these like achingly beautiful, realistic characters um, in a book about like virtual realities and hidden pasts. Uh, you'll probably need a tissue or two. Oh. Yeah. it's But a not five? Mm, not five. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a monster. But it's definitely one of those, like, I have a lump in my throat. You know, oh.
0: Books. It just so, got dusty in yeah, here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just so beautiful and interesting. Um, again, it's called The Unseen World by Liz Moore.
0: I've had my eye on that one. It's on my stack here still. Oh, so do it. I'm going to have to. As soon as you said one of the best books I've read this year, I was like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to let you be my, you know, selection service. Um, my first pick is called Good As Gone. It's a thriller by Amy Gentry. It's such a thriller, in fact, that when the galleys came out, they just came in like, they, it was like a plain navy blue book cover. And the book did not have a title yet so it just said a novel of suspense like even the title is an open question i thought Uh, that was
1: the actual (laughs) title i like for the longest time and then i was like what is this other book that everyone's talking about good is
0: gone it it does seem like it took (laughs) a long time to get to what the title was um Anyway, it's called Good is Gone. It's by Amy Gentry. It's about a family in which eight years ago, um, the 13-year-old daughter, Julia, disappeared. Her younger sister has this memory of, like, peeking out of her bedroom door in the middle of the night and seeing Julia being led down the hall at knife point by a man. And then they heard nothing of Julia. So the family did all the things that a family does after a child goes missing. You know, they contacted the police. There were big searches. There was fundraising for um, keeping a fund for a... reward or to help find her and then eventually the parents never really said anything to each other about do you think that she's still out there and we're going to find her someday do you think she's dead and we're never going to find her body their family was just marked by this event um, then eight years later the younger daughter who had been I think ten at the time that Julia was abducted is home from college they're sitting down to have a family dinner and the doorbell rings and it is a woman who looks like Julia and says that she she is Julia and she's home and the family rejoice but don't really know what's going on Julia tells them this terrible story about what happened to her um, it does get pretty later in the book as we find out julia's story so trigger warning if uh the kinds of things that happen to girls and women when they're abducted are things that you have a hard time reading about this is one to steer clear of um and we are spend the book alternating between the mother whose name is anna and her excitement that her daughter is home but also these like nagging questions because things don't quite add up she's just not positive that this is really Julia so we're with Anna and then we'll have a chapter from Julia's perspective and the structure of the book is so interesting the Anna perspective like the Anna chapters are all present day with some reflections back to what happened after Julia went missing the Julia chapters go in reverse Um, so we're with Julia now and then there's an Anna chapter and then we're with Julia like seeing where she was two years ago and then there's an Anna chapter and then it's Julia four years ago and then there's an Anna chapter Um, and so so Julia's story or the woman who's Julia uh, who's saying she's Julia. I'm not going to tell you which one it is because that's the whole question of the book. Um, unwinds in reverse. It's uh, It was so interesting and fun to read. I thought the surprises in it because it is a suspense novel so there are supposed to be some surprises were genuinely surprising. I wasn't predicting things uh, you know 100 pages in advance as can happen. Um, publishers have just been dying to fill the hole that Gone Girl left. I did not think the girl on the train met that. Um, I kind of don't think it's an accident that they titled this Good is Gone. Like you can kind of see they're hoping to get to like Good is Gone Girl. And I don't know if I'm ready for that endorsement. I really loved the reading experience of Gone Girl. But I thought Good is Gone was awesome. Kept me on the edge of my seat. Kept me guessing. And I can't really say much more uh, because I don't want to spoil it for you. But you should read it too. And that's called Good is Gone by Amy Gentry. Yes. There's All also right. a book
1: that just came out called As Good As Gone. <laughs> like, so it's, it's uh, which is completely different. It's Larry the, Watson in the completely yeah. opposite direction. But I the, just think like, that's so interesting.
0: The Gone book titles and the Girl on a X titles are just so out of control like we did um, when we were redesigning Book Riot, Scott, our designer, was making like mock-up fake ads so that we could see how you know different ad sizes would work on the new homepage and he was like let's do it for a book that doesn't exist called Girl in a Field and he like designed a fake book cover and we ran a bunch of fake ads just internally. We didn't put them public but I was, you know, sort of musing. I think we all were that like we could run these and people would think it was a real book um, because there have just been so many gone titles and girl titles and the gone girl who wasn't there but then she was and now she's gone on a train. Uh, it's just it's been crazy. crazy. Yeah. Um, Alright, speaking about, of... Oh, I was just saying, how about I tell you about
1: our first sponsor, our second is sponsor also I say.
0: very good and suspenseful. Yes, please oh, do. Oh, yes.
1: Yes, we've both read it and we both love it so very excited to talk about it. Uh, And that is You Will Know Me by the amazing Megan Abbott. Oh my goodness, Megan Abbott is the best. She's so good. Oh, she's the best. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about the book. It's uh, How Far Will You Go to Achieve a Dream? That's the question a celebrated coach poses to Katie and Eric Knox after he sees their daughter Devin, a gymnastics prodigy and Olympic hopeful, compete. For the Knoxes, there are no limits until a violent death rocks their close-knit gymnastics community and everything they have worked so hard for is suddenly at risk. As rumors swirl among their parents, Katie tries frantically to hold her family together while also finding herself irresistibly drawn to the crime itself. What she uncovers about her daughter's fears, her own marriage, and herself forces Katie to consider whether there's any price she isn't willing to pay to achieve Devin's dream. I feel like every time we talk about a suspenseful book now, we should both just go, dun, dun, dun. It seems to be this thing that we're doing. Um, so, like I said, I've read it, you've read it. This book is so fantastic. Um I believe Megan Abbott, the inspiration came from a video that she saw online mm. about uh, some parents of an Olympic qualifier who were just, like, so invested in their daughter um, and just, like, everybody thought it was really hilarious, like, how into it they were. But if you know anything about sports and, you know, competing like this, like, you have to be. And the, and the things that the kids go through and the things that the parents go through are just amazing. Like, everything that they give up. And, you know, they get up at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning to take their kids to practice before school. And it's just, it's crazy. And so she was really inspired by that. And then she gave it the, you know, Megan Abbott sinister twist. Um, and it's just, it's so great.
0: It is so great. I just finished it this morning, and I was thinking about how her the last two books that she had, which were Dare Me and The Fever, both really centered on the teenage characters, and we spent a lot of time with them, and she's so good, especially I remember Dare Me being like, oh my gosh, I never ever want to go back to high school Mm -hmm. ever again uh that's just like the hardest and sinister is the perfect word for it time of life even if nothing sinister is going on and in her books there always is something and this is great you spend so much more time with the parents and like their obsession with their teenage kids and as you were saying these competitive athletes that like you have to go all in if you want to give your kid a chance at becoming an olympian um but it really has some just bonkers dynamics, um, and the secrets that happen in this book, all speaking of like surprises that are actually surprising. Um, Megan Abbott does such a great job of that. I, I really loved it too. I think we both read it before we knew that it was uh, one of the sponsors for the show. And so it was like, well, we're, we're going <laughs> to read it anyway and talk about the fact that we love it. Um, it's a, it's a great novel. Yeah. She's awesome.
1: Megan, she's like, she's the queen bee really.
0: She is, and perfect for the run-up now to the Summer Olympics. Also, you know, you can watch the gymnasts, and then you can, you know, sort of do your Mr. Burns fingers. Like, what, what are their secrets?
1: Yeah, hopefully nothing like this, but you never know. No kidding. So again, we thank uh, uh, Little Brown and Company for sponsoring. With you will know me by Megan Abbott today. So, All oh, right. is it my turn? It's my it turn. Is my turn? I was turn. just like, keep what do you do next? And you're like, just hmm. run away. <laughs> I was thinking about earlier when I was talking to you and saying, I need to turn my Skype on. <laughs> i like, no. We're having one of those The heat today. is just melting my brains. Uh, my next pick is a young adult novel called Gemini by Sonia Mukherjee, and it is about conjoined twin sisters, Clara and Haley. They are 17 years old, and they've lived their whole lives in this sort of stars hollow, small town, um, having that kind of existence. Um, where they've just grown up there, they knowing everybody. Everybody knows them, and at this point, like no one stares at them any longer, um, even though they are conjoined, uh, they share a spinal cord. And uh, but they're 17, you know, things happen. Um, they're seniors in high school, and it's it's coming. They're coming to realize that they want different things from life. Clara wants to stay at home. Where it is safe, and no one will bother them, and no one will stare at them, and they know exactly like what's coming. While Haley, who is a little wilder, Haley has pink hair, she wants to travel and study abroad. She wants to dance with boys, and she wants to be wild and just go all over the place and experience everything that there is in life. Um, and as graduation approaches, they must decide how two people who are one can each have their own dreams. Um... And it's told in alternating voices between the two girls so you can see just how different two people sharing a spinal cord can actually be. Um, And you hear them decide, like, the pros and cons of sharing a life this closely with somebody. And they also, you know, talk about, like, a separation surgery, which their parents are not in favor of. Um, And it's just this really sweet, um, sort of heartbreaking story about, you know, trying to be your own person. And you know, trying to to do follow your dreams when you know that means bringing someone else along with you, um, it's just it's just really great, and I and I adored it. Um, again, it's called Gemini by Sonia Mukherjee.
0: Great. Uh, My next one is a book that I had my eye on when it came out in hardcover, and I never quite got to it. Um, So then I checked it out from the library in advance of the paperback release, because that's a thing that I do now, and it's very exciting. Uh, It's called After the Parade by Lori Ostlund. It's O-S-T-L-U-N-D is how you spell her last name. Uh, This is about a man named Aaron England. He's in his early 40s, and the week of Christmas, he leaves his partner of about 20 years. They've been together since he was a teenager, basically. And moves to San Francisco. Just like has decided, like he's been building some contempt and resentment for his partner Walter for a while. Um, to the point that like he's been keeping a journal of all of the things that Walter does that annoy him, and the list of things is like up into the hundreds. Uh, so he's concluded that it's time to go, and he backs his moving truck up and sort of in the dead of night. Walter knows that Aaron is going, but Walt, but you know not right now. Aaron packs up, moves to San Francisco. Um, he's an, uh, an English teacher. He teaches English as a second language, and he gets a job at this sort of shady ESL school um, and is living in a tiny apartment, trying to enjoy the fact that he's done this thing for himself that he wanted to do. He's left a partner that he didn't want to be with. He's going to have some independence, but he's never been alone as an adult and doesn't really know how to do that. He wanted this freedom, but now he doesn't quite know what to do with it. Um, And so... Uh, Aslan gives us his life there um, in San Francisco teaching his students and people that he meets along the way but the real heart of the story is in his reflections back to his childhood and his young adulthood as we figure out how he became this person. Um, This sort of classic like quiet literary fiction that goes deeply, delves deeply into one life and um, the title after the parade comes from the fact that when uh, Aaron was a kid his father who was a police officer who was um, a very you know, tough guy to live with, and was abusive to him and his mother. Fell off a float at a community parade and hit his head and died. And that uh, was not the only thing that shaped his childhood, but it was one of the the major events. A few years later, his mother just up and left, um, ran out of town with someone else, and he I think he was seventeen at the time, and he had to make his own way through life. And the book takes us back through um, him discovering as an adult, why his mother left, what was really going on in her life that he didn't know about and couldn't have understood as a child, and trying to make sense of these critical pieces that went into forming who he is and how he's supposed to take those and become a more whole person. Um, There were some blurbs on the book that compared it to like uh, Owen Meany, and it had a touch of that. Um, But just sort of like what you want sometimes from a novel that just sinks you into the everyday life of a person who has the everyday experiences that we have um, to varying degrees of, you know, struggle, family difficulties, figuring out what you want to do with your job, having relationships that are good and are bad, that tough thing of understanding that your parents are people um, and are not just these entities that exist to like restrict you in life and trying to see them as complicated and human. and the writing is just Really gorgeous. Um, I read Austland's short story collection, The Bigness of the World, earlier this year and really loved it. So I'm really pleased to have had the chance to go back and uh, read After the Parade. It's out in paperback this week. It would be great, I think, for a book club discussion. Perfect if you're sitting by the pool or you want a story that you can just sink into on the plane or what you know whatever you're going to be doing while you're avoiding the brain melting heat this summer. Uh, again, it's called After the Parade by Laurie Austland, and it's out in paperback this week. She's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I kind of was like, where has she been all yeah. my life? She's one of those, like, hidden gems that everyone should read. Yeah, for sure. Um, my next book is called The Muse by Jessie Burton. She wrote The Miniaturist, mm-hmm. you might have you might have heard of, um, which had a fabulous cover. This book has a fabulous cover, um, A-plus cover work. and But it's more than the cover. I'm just babbling about that now. Um, it's about two young women and a mystery that connects them. Uh, one is one of the women is Odell. She is a Caribbean immigrant living in London in 1967. She takes a job working at an art institute and while she is there she uh, comes about a, learning about a painting. I've lost my words here. She <laughs> discovers a painting in a mysterious way by a young artist whose death decades earlier had shocked the art world. And it sort of sets off this flurry of speculation and lies that sends Odell reeling. Like she, you know, she doesn't know like exactly like how where it came from and some people don't believe her and there's all this speculation and she doesn't know who to trust and like what's going on and it's just like this craziness in her life that she wasn't expecting. But um, it's a very revered young artist and like I said, you know, nobody knows like what was going on in his life. Um, and it also the book is also about a girl named Olive. Uh, she lives in Spain in 1936, and she's living with her very wealthy parents there on the south of the country. And she becomes very close to the housekeeper and her half-brother, um, Isaac Robles. And Isaac dreams of being the next Picasso. She want, He wants to be, like, the next big Spanish painter. Um, and he and his sister dream of bigger things in their lives. Um, and it's all under the shadow of the coming Civil War. And all of herself is a very talented painter, um, but her father is like, eh, women can't really do anything. So, you know, we're just going to ignore this. Um, and so she's kind of being exploited by um, Isaac and his sister because they are very poor and they want to, you know, be rich like her family. Um, it's just, the muse is this passionate story of ambition and secrets. And it's it's a really big book, but it moves very quickly Right up to like the like (gasps) ending, it's it's very original and engaging. um, Much like her first book, I just adored it. Um, Again, it's called *The Muse* by Jessie Burton.
0: Speaking of awesome covers, I'm just gonna jump to my next pick before we do the final sponsor because that was a good segue that I've been like holding on to. (laughs) Um, My next pick is. Like a perfect book for book lovers. It's Mm -hmm. classic Penguin cover to cover. It's edited and has an introduction by Paul Buckley. He's the creative director of Penguin Classics. There is also a foreword by Audrey Niffenegger, she of the Time Traveler's Wife and other wonderful books, and who's also an artist in her own right. And it's this it's a gorgeous book that shows a bunch of different covers, like just iconic, memorable covers from Penguin Classics, beautiful ones that I hadn't seen before. There are like double page spreads of some of them and then uh, essays and interviews with the people who designed the covers and illustrated those illustrated penguin classics about like here's the element from the story that we took that inspired this cover and here's the process for it if you're at all interested in like how your books end up looking the way that they look you want to pick up This book, and there's a whole section on the Penguin drop caps, which are that beautiful rainbow series with. um, There's like one for each letter of the alphabet with some of the illustrators of those. It's. I'm just holding it right now, like rubbing it gently. I'm holding it too. (laughs) It's. (laughs) such a beautiful book and it would be great on your shelf or your coffee table. One of those that you could either just devour in one sitting or flip through gradually. I think you could also sort of turn it into like a reader's treasure map of which Penguin classics do you want that you don't own yet? (laughs) Like flip through and find all of them that have these great covers. It's so fantastic. There have been some really great books about book design in the last few years and this one is I think the most iconic um, because nothing is recognized recognizable like a penguin classic and there's a lot more to it than just meeting a certain formula so again it's classic penguin cover to cover um edited and introduced by paul buckley and i just think it's so awesome
1: oh it's like an epic nerd prayer for book lovers it,
0: it really is it's one of those like i'm almost surprised that it's coming out in july and not mid-november as a drop right before the holidays because it's such a perfect gift we'll um, be
1: sure to remind people
0: Yes, yeah, we will. Treat yourself or put it on your holiday wish list now. Um, and now we will roll to our next sponsor, our good friends at Third Love. Treat yourself Love some more. Our back, seriously. <laughs> uh, while it is a million degrees outside, the best thing in life, I think the best thing in life most days is taking your bra off. Um, but the second best thing is having a bra that's so comfortable that you forget that it's on. And that is true for Third Love's 24-7 t-shirt bra. They have sent us both free ones that we've worn now for like several months. And we can attest to the fact that they're super comfortable. Um, They're smoothing. It's invisible under every outfit and it really molds to fit your shape. Every body is different and the cups of the 24 seven t-shirt bra are made out of a memory foam that it's like magic. Um, It molds to your body. You're not trying to stuff yourself into something that won't really move to fit you. And that makes it fit really perfectly. Also, in addition to that, the, memory foam. There's this tagless foam padding on the hook and eye so you don't have like weird tags sticking out along the back part of your bra, um, which I think is especially important in this season when we're all wearing tank tops. Um, There's a microfiber band that's very smoothing. You don't have spillage. You don't get like weird bulges above or below your band. It's just perfect. Um, So if you, you know, have to be dealing with bras in the heat. The 24-7 t-shirt bra is the one that you want. And as we've said many times before, Third Love stands behind their product, and they should, so much that they're willing to let our listeners try it for free. So you go to thirdlove.com books to get started. You'll just pay for the shipping. You wear the 24-7 t-shirt bra for 30 days, take the tags off, wear it, wash it, you know, take it on your next vacation, whatever. If you love it, you keep it, and they'll charge your card. If you don't love it for whatever reason, you send it back for free and your chart your card will not be charged and if you don't know your size or it's just been a while since you got measured they have an online fit specialist who will help you find the perfect fit so that you can really see how great this bra is again go to thirdlove.com books to get started it gets you the 30-day free trial with the 24-7 t-shirt bra and lets them know that you came from all the books so we get to keep our lights on Awesome. I was like, yep. it's your
1: turn, but no, it's my turn. It's
0: not. I know we mix things <laughs> up a little bit. Roll us into our last round. I babe. have
1: no I have no segue to, <laughs> to go from brats to a book of stories about war. I got I got nothing. Nope. Um my last pick is called We Come to Our Senses Stories by Odie Lindsay. Um I have to admit right up front that I have not read all of these. Um I've but I have read the first few and I'm completely hooked. Uh it reeled me in with comparisons to Billy Lynn's long halftime walk and redeployment, two excellent, excellent books. Um, And so far, it is just a wildly impressive debut. It revolves around men and women affected directly and also indirectly by war. Um, It has some very contemporary themes, including the abuse of soldiers during combat, the sexual politics of combat zone, PTSD. Um, And these are just deep thoughtful stories that really make you think and I've been picking through them a little bit at a time here and they're still, you know, making me think days later. Um, It's just really fantastic. And I look forward to finishing it again. It's called we come to our senses by Odie Lindsay.
0: I hadn't heard of that one. And I love a war novel Yay! or short stories. I guess I like to stump you. You're very good at it with the amount of books that you read. So I will be putting that one on my list. Um, my last pick this week is a shout-out to the paperback release of one of the best novels that I read last year. It's In the Language of Miracles by Rajia Hasib. Uh, this is a story set in the suburbs of New Jersey. It's about the Alban Shawi family. Uh, both of the parents had uh, were immigrants. They've lived in this community for a couple of decades, and they've done the things that we tell immigrants they are supposed to do. Um, he has started a dental practice. They have worked just tirelessly to assimilate to raise their kids, to, you know, be proud of their culture, but also to be American. And they've become pillars of their community. But when the story starts, it has been a year since a terrible thing happened that involved their son and their neighbors who are a white family, the neighbor's daughter. The two families had been close to each other for many years, had a great relationship, but whatever the thing is that happened a year ago changed everything. And the al have been trying to recover from that and put their family back together, but also maintain their place and their reputation in their local community and try to, again, like once again, overcome the stereotypes that they have spent the last couple decades of their life proving that they don't fit. Um, the neighbors next door are planning a, memor- a one-year memorial service for their daughter who died during the thing that happened a year ago, and uh, the Alman Shawis are trying to decide if they're going to go. There's a lot of turmoil within the family about whether that's going to happen or not, and there are chapters from multiple family members' perspectives, from the mom and the dad, from their child who is still living. Um, so we see into their marriage, we see into their parenting, into the uh, logic, however flawed it might be, that even... Each of them brings to the arguments and into in a broader sense uh, what the what their experience has been like um, as immigrants uh, coming to America and how white people never really let go of the fact that someone is not from here and um, how hard that can really be um, and how hard it can be to identify what is the right thing to do and what's the thing that will make your life better and um, it's just so well-written and thoughtful. I, another great book club book with so much to chew on. And just an incredible debut. Um, so again, that's In the Language of Miracles. It's by Rajia Haseeb and it is out in paperback this week. And that's our show. What are you going to go read now?
1: Um, I'm going to read It's So Easy and Other Lies by Duff McKagan. <laughs> um, that's a great title. Uh, because, well, it, he's the bassist for Guns N' Roses. And It's So Easy is one of their song titles. Um, I'm in uh, sort of a Guns N' Roses renaissance right now. I went to see them last week mm-hmm. at Gillette Stadium. Um, Duff has always been my favorite. I don't know why I didn't read this book. He has a second book, actually, that came out last year. Um, and so I'm just, like, obsessed with everything about them right now again. And, um, he, like I said, he was my favorite. He was actually at BEA for this book a few years ago, and I couldn't get anywhere near him. Like oh, this, no. like the mob around him. Um. But he still looked as fabulous as as he did uh, when he, we were younger, and I just, I love them. So, yeah, I'm going to read this and learn all kinds of things, and probably nothing that I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, my, my idols are problematic. But anyway... You're ready um, what, to
0: forgive. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what are you going
0: to read next? I'm going to read How to Be a Person in the World by Heather Havreleski. Um, She writes the Ask Polly column at The All, which is an advice column. And I've been, I'd missed the book when it came out. It just came out a couple of weeks ago, but it's been popping up all over my social media. And I've seen some people say that it like sort of scratched the same itch that Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed left in their hearts. Um, I don't think that anything is the next Tiny Beautiful Things, but I'm totally willing to entertain the idea that someone is trying to be the next one. I've only read a few of the Ask Polly columns online as they've come up, Um, so I'm looking forward to just seeing, you know, how it hangs together, what the sensibilities of uh, Ask Polly are, and what uh, Haverleski's advice for how to be a person in the world really is. Um, So, stay tuned.
1: Yes, please
0: take notes. (laughs) I will. (laughs) I have that somewhere.
1: I I don't know why I didn't get to it either. I'll Um, do some highlights. Yeah.
0: That wraps us up for the week. Thanks again to our sponsors, Every Library. Go to action.everylibrary.org to see what's going on in your local community, to sign petitions, to reach out to uh, your representatives. To You Will Know Me by Megan Abbott. We'll have a link in the show notes or you can find it wherever books are sold. That is a sponsor that comes with two well-read head, enthusiastic thumbs up. And again, to Third Love, go to thirdlove.com books to start your free 24, <laughs> your free 30-day trial <laughs> with the t-shirt bra there are way too many numbers happening (laughs) right now you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com or talk to us on twitter i'm rebecca shinsky s-c-h-i-n-s-k-y liberty is miss liberty those are also uh well i'm rebecca shinsky on litzy and liberty is just liberty because the joy of claiming your own name as your handle finally Uh, we're over there talking about what we're reading too as always if you've got a minute and you could rate or review the show on itunes it helps other book lovers find their way to us and we all know that's a great thing.
1: And speaking of finding their way, I have learned uh, that several listeners uh, did find their way to us through Anne and Michael. Um, oh, books yes. on the nightstand gave us a big shout out uh, when they were wrapping up and I just want to say hi to them and again say how much we love and thank you. Michael, kindness and Ann Kingman um, and as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today we just don't have the time but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter
0: in the meantime happy reading happy reading <laughs>